Love Thy Body Project, home of female empowerment. If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com.
Welcome to Love Thy Body Project, the show where no topic is off limits. We're here to encourage, empower and support. Of course, you've got myself, Laura Bland, my partner in crime, the gorgeous Serena Novelli. And today our guest is Nikki Talbot from Pudding and Pie. So um, as the name would suggest, Pudding and Pie, it's very food related. And we'll come into that very shortly. But Nikki, thank you for joining us today. Can you, for the benefit of our listeners that possibly don't know who you are, they don't know what pudding and pie is, just give us a bit of a background on yourself, how you got started, and um, yeah, just a brief on what pudding and pie is. Well, thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Um, I set up pudding and pie. I'll be celebrating my 10th year in business this year. I was came from a corporate background, so I worked for a very large bank and I was training manager there. And um, I took voluntary redundancy um, after I had my um, children. And I just knew that there was something that was more to life and have more to offer. So the background is all my children are, were premature. I had my twin boys at 25 weeks and I had my third boy at 30 weeks. So going through all of that with them, very sadly, we lost our um, twin boy when he was two months old. So like a lot of people that are in business, went through an awful lot to help me realise what it was that I wanted to do. Um, my family are my priority um, and feeding them when they were babies. I got involved with Animal Car Annabelle Carmel and I just absolutely loved feeding them and all the goodness and all the benefits of, of that. So that is what I went into. That was my where I started from. Um, I set up the business, as I said, 10 years ago. If I'm not in a school or a nursery in person, then I'm doing stuff online. And I literally teach from three to 83, which to me is the best job in the world. So that's, I mean, because we, we've talked quite a lot on the show in the past about, you know, how life changes when you when you become a mum. You know, your priorities shift, you, you have all these expectations and you think you know what it is that you're going to do or how you're going to parent and you have all these wonderful ideas of the things that you're you're not going to do you're never you know it's kind of that thought of you know I'm never going to have those plastic toys it's always going to be wooden we set out with these ideas and things and that's got to have been first of all twins I mean that is difficult in the first place isn't it you go from no kids to twins and that's you know that that's a huge management piece but for them to be so premature as well and go through that process and then you know that those extreme emotions that you would have been feeling just from coming through pregnancy and becoming a new parent but then the difficulties of, of premature babies and then you know the loss of, of one of those twins that's got to be such a difficult time and you said that you you took the voluntary redundancy kind of you know so you could be more focused on on family and and what really matters did you find it difficult was it a hard shift going from you know, that very corporate world into family life and not having that kind of, it's very different, isn't it? Going from, from something very corporate to being focused on something for yourself to then being so family focused as well. How do you think that that kind of shifted your perception and your outlook on life as a woman? Really good question. Um, on one hand, it was easy because actually, if you can, if you think about it, I was training adults. So anybody that's been in a corporate background that, you know, has to go on a training course um, that gets dragged along to motivate 
um, adults that they're in the right space and they're going to learn and it's a worthy use of their time. If you can do that, then kids are brilliant. They are so much easier. Kids are enthusiastic. Kids, um, they treat me like a celebrity. They I walk into a nursery and they're literally like, she's here, she's here. Um, they, their enthusiasm is just amazing. I wish that we could all stay like three-year-olds, four-year-olds. Um, so on the one hand, it was easy. Um, and two, I suppose, you know, on the other hand, it is difficult. The most difficult part really was the self-discipline, the management of my time. I want to help everybody that I meet. Um, and you have to remind yourself of the bottom line. Even now, I still find that very difficult. So have you developed any sort of tips and tricks over the years to to manage your time? Do you are you like, a, you know, some people love to do lists and ticking stuff off and some people will time block with activities that are, you know, the stuff that supports the business, the things that go on behind the scenes and stuff. Yeah. So what, what do you do to be able to manage a business, have some time for yourself, be mum and all those different things? But how, how do you make it all work? How does it? Well, first of all, I've got like 16 arms and legs that I can kind of juggle. Um, no, seriously, I know that for the radio, you can't see this, but I'm just showing our beautiful presenters my lists and things like that I am a planner I am a lister I block book my time a lot even my weekends my husband um has a little pretend moan that can we just not live on a schedule please um and I have learned about myself this year that I need to book in reflection time 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes on the evening to just reflect um and think about what's going well and what could I you know maybe work on more so so yeah all of the things you've said Laura I, I time block and I plan a lot um, I am very organized and I think that underpins everything um I think be flexible be kind and flexible with yourself and maybe don't plan your day too heavy so for me um I have got this amazing planner that I bought for this year it's called Perfectly Planned 2022, okay? And it's got the week in view and it's got day in view. And um, you start with your top goals of the day. So those are the three things I've got to do today. So the top goals is the, these are my no compromise. This is what I'm going to do. And then you have from 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. If you want to have things in that, from that duration, um, time blocks of time. And also you've got a little space for the lists as well. So if in your, you don't need a planner like that. You can have just a plain piece of paper. If you have your top three goals for that day, they are the things that are going to happen. And it doesn't matter whether it's a business thing, um, it's a personal thing, but those are the things, are, that's what's going to happen today. Everything else is an icing on the cake. Cool. Yeah, I think that's the two key things that you've mentioned there, isn't there? One is be a little bit flexible with yourself. So, you know, we're all human. We've all got loads of different things that we might think we should get done. But actually the things that need to be done are probably a, a much smaller list. So be flexible with yourself and prioritise. So there might be 10 things that you think need doing, but actually only three of them have to happen. And those three things could be, you know, feed everyone, do the washing so we've got clean clothes tomorrow and hug the kids. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's those, three, it's those three main things just to focus on. Um, I certainly don't know it all, but... Um, I'm still learning and that's what I love about life. You know, I'm 44, soon to be 45. And I love the fact I'm still learning. 
the challenge that I'm doing at the moment is 30 days of habitual success um, with Leona Burton. And I absolutely love it because I'm up at six o'clock, which is a bit earlier than I normally would be. And I've learned at this age, this grand old age, that snoozing is not the way to go. I've done 44 years of snoozing. Now, six o'clock, it goes off. And without, I'm not joking, within 10 seconds, I'm upright. I've stood up and I'm fine. That's it. So it's all about setting your intention for the day and the theory is that you know if you're a snoozer if the alarm goes off and then you hit the snooze button and then it goes off again and you hit the snooze button again the theory is that you you have set the intention for the day already that anything can be put off things are not important enough to get up and take action whereas it might be do you know what if if you need that extra half an hour that you normally hit the snooze for then just set your alarm for the time that you're actually going to get up and then get straight up it's the whole it's the mel robbins thing isn't it you know the the five second rule five four three two one do it take an action exactly yeah and, and you know, we are all different people aren't we we're all different creatures we're all different ways that we tick i know that i'm better although i don't like getting up i'm much more creative um, i'm much more of a morning person and another habits that I'm trying to instill um, is that I also switch off at a certain time and when I say switch off it's eight o'clock has come if I haven't got my to-do list done I've got my important my three main goals but everything else that's okay because it's really important to me that I sleep well if I'm still scurrying around and on my laptop or I don't know whatever it is I'm doing I can't wind down and then I'm not going to sleep well which is going to affect the next day yeah, that's it. I mean, me and Serena are completely different. So I'm I'm an early bird. I'm up in the morning, five o'clock, most mornings up, getting stuff done, doing a workout, getting ready. And then I, I'm similar in Nikki in terms of, you know, I've got a cut off time every evening so that I turn the laptop off and I can sit down and either read a book or watch some TV, but just something that is less focused so that I can wind down ready for bed. Whereas Serena is very much the opposite and she is a night owl when it comes to working. She is most creative at like, I don't know, nine o'clock in the evening through till two o'clock in the morning, something ridiculous wow. like that. Yeah, that's only because I've got five children and that's the only time I ever got peace to be able to do anything. So it just become a habit. <laughs> but it's the habits, isn't it? It's these habits that we're talking about that um, really help us be the best version of ourselves. Yeah. So it's about realising our weaknesses or the way that we just work best and optimizing on those that's one of the things isn't it you know part life and part of what we teach within love by body project is about getting to know yourself getting to understand yourself and when you know what works for you from an organizational point of view or when you know your own kind of temperament and your emotions and your triggers you know, if you're the sort of person that gets really grouchy when you've not eaten for however long, then you know that actually that's something that you've got to pay more attention to. If you know that you are the sort of person that easily gets stress headaches or headaches because you're not drinking enough water, you know that that's something that you've got to pay attention to. If you know that you cannot function on less than eight hours sleep, then you can plan for getting to bed for a good time. So, there's all of those things that we might take for granted sometimes, but as you start to get to know yourself, you can start to understand and plan and implement things that support your physical and your mental health. And then 
you become so much more productive as a byproduct because right. you've you've given yourself the right things at the right time so you become much more productive you have a better grip on what is a good day what is a bad day you understand your own kind of capabilities and what might push you too far and have a negative impact so I think it's really great to just be able to have that and I think when you were talking Nikki about building in that reflection time in the mornings and the evenings you know certainly Serena is very big on things like gratitudes and affirmations and, and spending some time to again be conscious about life and about what's happening and I think that brings it all together really nicely doesn't it it does and for me it's quite often the smallest of things like I've just given you an example of me not snoozing at um, 6am um, it's the small habits um, whether that is you're writing down the day ahead or reviewing what you've done that day whether it's appreciating the people around you writing them little notes or whatever it is it's always this I think a combination of small things that can make a big difference absolutely we are going to take a quick break for some music now so don't go away we'll be back very shortly if you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com
Welcome back. You're listening to Love Thy Body Project with myself, Laura Bland, the gorgeous Serena Novelli, and our guest today is Nikki Talbot from Pudding and Pie. If you're only just tuning in, do head over to the podcast and find us there so you can listen back to the episode from the beginning because we have been talking all about kind of understanding yourself, how you can get organised, being kind to yourself, um, and all those kind of good things to make you a little bit more productive, whether it's business-related, life-related, mum-related, all of that sort of stuff. But head on over to the podcast so you can listen back right from the start. So, Nikki, you have been running Pudding and Pie for almost 10 years now. I want to know, how was it in the early days in terms of first getting started? Were there any sort of fears or concerns that you had in terms of, you know, starting up your own business and being able to, to expand that and bring value to people? But I also then want to know, because so many of us running businesses have had a lot of change in the last two years with the pandemic. So I'd really like to hear a little bit as well about how you've had to kind of pivot and change and what that's meant for you now. But take us through those early days and just getting started. Sure. Um, it's like anything, I guess a lot of it's very similar to um, motherhood. You know, you, you give birth to a business just like you give birth to a child um, and likewise when I look back to um, juggling my children and um, they were very close together in age two boys as I mentioned before both premature and um, all the stuff that goes with that I look back on that person and I think boy that was hard um, when you're in the moment you just get on with it don't you and in exactly in the same way with business wise I um did anything that anybody asked me to do, whether it was a freebie, whether it was doing parties, weekend work, after school stuff. I literally was just doing anything and everything. And um, physically it was very demanding um, as well as juggling young children as well. Um, so yes, when I look back, it was hard. Um, and now I can be a little bit more selective about what it is that I do and move into the sort of areas that I really am passionate about. Talking about the pandemic, that has been a massive learning curve for me, like lots of people. I had to realign my business. Um, I am quite uncomfortable even now with FaceTiming people. So back in the day before Zoom was a thing, when people would say, oh, you're going to FaceTime, I'd be like, ah, you're okay. Because I spent that long looking at my own image and just really cringing that I just really couldn't have a, a normal natural conversation. So doing the Zooms was a massive step for me and I haven't looked back. I absolutely love it. So I still do my schools and nurseries now, but I've got this other world now. And I have people that are joining me from Manchester, from Nottingham, from down south, from Dubai, you know, it's unbelievable. And we no longer have any barriers um, in terms of location. And as I said, right at the beginning, no exaggeration, no word of a lie. I have a three-year-old joining me. And then later on the evening, I've got an 83-year-old joining me. So to be able to touch that many people of that many different ages is, is unreal. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that, that first day of we've got a homeschool and actually life looks very different, whether that was not being able to go to your job or whether it was, you know, restrictions on business. I mean, we had to change a lot of stuff with Love Thy Body Project. You know, we had so many in-person events and workshops and 
trainings planned that again just the same as you Nikki we couldn't do any of that so we had to do the same thing we had to go online for stuff and it made us refocus our energies so stuff that we knew we wanted to do but we were saying right well that would be in two or three years let's do all this other stuff first let's do all the groundwork let's do these things we had to completely turn it around and all that stuff that was planned for sort of next year suddenly happened last year and it works we're thrown in the deep end we are united aren't we with everybody's got different issues but the same issue is we're struggling yeah absolutely yeah yeah i agree so take us through then nikki you know what is a typical lesson that you give when you're you've got your three-year-old that's that's coming for for cookery lessons you've got your 83 year old what sort of stuff what are you actually doing what kind of things what skills are people learning with you okay and this is why i love it so much um because we have a similar format um for the class so um of course you have the in-person one, um, which is all based on the curriculum and based on the age of the children. Um, so um, a lot of that is based on reward and recognition. So potentially for children that are maybe not massively academic or have additional needs. And this is why it works wonders for them because they we're working on their numeracy. We're working on their social skills. We're working on the science and they don't even realize it. That is what I absolutely love about cooking. It's so much more than cooking, regardless of whether it's online or in person. Um, that is the, the ethos. Let's have fun. Let's learn together. The nursery, the preschoolers, it's very much about Starbaker. We have a Starbaker each day, each lesson. Um, and that's based on listening, on sharing, on showing that they're ready. Um, so we'll, we'll do the class, we'll talk about what it is that we're going to make, very hands-on, they get making it, um, and then we validate the learning by we go over, okay, how did we do this? So what have we learned about tomatoes? How are they good for us? Um, what colours are these? Um, and that is, that is pretty much how much the class goes. We recognise the individual through Starbaker, and we also recognise the group. So they're in tables, they're in groups of, say, five or six. And um, we recognise the teamwork as well. So that's how it works with the in-person in stuff. And that would pretty much be in uh, line with this, the junior school and secondary. Um, of course, the delivery is different, depends on the age of the children, but you just get down on their level. The online stuff, um, we uh, I record each class so that because we've all got busy lives, if people can't make the... Um, designated time then they can grab a recording and um, we go through the equipment and the ingredients first and then I take them through step by step I'm cooking at the same time that they're cooking with me they can ask me questions as we go along it's loads of fun um, they get to see their friends on screen Duke of Edinburgh um, children children are involved young adults are involved adults are involved and it's not just about oh I can't cook won't cook I will start from the very basics but equally there's so many um, parents that come on individuals that come on that like I just need inspiration I'm sick of making spag bol for me I'm providing them with inspiration um, to get out of that food rut it helps me as well believe it or not I love my Thursday nights it's supper club and it gets me out of my rut as well so it is a real real win-win for me yeah, so very much about 
of life skills as well as having fun and everything isn't it obviously one of you know one of the things you were talking about there was kind of going through which food have we learned about today why is that good for us what you know how can we benefit from eating it so do you naturally have a bit more of a focus on kind of you know healthy eating and a healthy relationship with food and the choices that we can make is that something that that you've consciously tried to focus on Yes, it is. It's a massive part of it. For me, there's not good food and bad food. There's not treats. There is this food. Yeah, you can eat loads of this. If you want to have big muscles, if you want to be really, really big and strong, you can eat loads of these. This food, hmm, we're going to have this. We like it. It's nice. It's, it works well with this dish, but this is something that we won't have quite so often. Um, so it is for me all about balanced food rainbow food fresh food um and nourishing ourselves and this goes right on all the way up to adults and it's something i'm really passionate about um, in terms of dieting i would think that the adults are probably the ones that are more harder to get on with this um style of 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 cooking and healthy eating because, yeah um, that's right yeah I, I hear, so I hear wonder, you. like the children are taking this on and learning and the adults are a bit harder to kind of they are you are dead right Serena you are um it is about us being role models to the children and the people around us and that's all the way up to teenagers as well it is about practicing what you preach for me dieting is a big big area of concern um, I really try to encourage people to nourish themselves, to not deny themselves and um, to not put them on a restrictive diet. You look at some of the most popular diets, they take out a whole food group, they will take out fat, they will take out carbohydrates. Yes, they, people may get a result short term, but we need those whole food groups for a reason. So, for example... Um, I wouldn't ever advocate going low fat, go full fat on your yogurt, for example. You will not feel hungry. Sorry. Yeah, you won't feel hungry if you're on the full fat um, and be digging into the biscuit tin, I don't know, an hour later because you've had low fat. Um, anyone that's ever had a diet or anyone that's listening to this, you ever had the brain fog? when you're like, oh my gosh, I can't concentrate. That's because fat helps our brain to function. It, it supports our vital organs. Of course, it needs to be in moderation, but maybe we focus on the good fats, like the avocado, the salmon, the nuts, the seeds. Um, and actually we are more than just the weight on the scales. We really, really are. We, um, if, if, it's, if we're talking about appearance, then we can look at um, the colours that we wear. We can look at um, our accessories and we can have, we do need to accept our body shapes are all different. They really, really are. I just really want to help share the love with that with more and more people. Yeah, that's it. It's so, thing, things are starting to change, but they're changing very, very slowly in terms of what we portray as healthy or what we portray as how somebody should look and you know it goes back to everything we've all said we're all individuals and there is no right or wrong there is no perfect there is just you and having confidence in yourself and who you are and making choices that you know 
lead you to feel happy and fulfilled and and then they those choices look different for all of us but certainly you know there's a few things that you've said Nikki that really resonate in terms of you know I've got a nine and a half year old daughter and we talk about food in terms of something that our body can break down and use as building blocks and help us to grow and develop we talk about food that tastes yummy but doesn't help the body in the same way so we eat a little bit less of those so again it's not the good versus bad it's understanding how do I make a right choice actually listen to your body are you full are you satisfied actually and I have to take my own advice with this because I do everything fast I eat fast as well and um just slow down mm. chew yeah. your food think to yourself I mean eat mindfully and particularly for women we are always trying to juggle how often do we sit down particularly when we're on our own we do it as a family more so but when we're at lunch or it's breakfast and we're on our own do we sit down without distractions without a phone without a screen in front of us and just eat because I think that's so important I'd much rather serve a smaller portion and then go back for more if still hungry than serve too much and then you've had your knife and fork all in it and you know perhaps it's stuffed by that point that you can't freeze it as an extra portion to get out in a couple of weeks time when you haven't got time to cook and all of that kind of stuff and it's one of those things and I'll always say to Callie you know if there's any kind of like buffet style eating you know where you're serving yourself whether it's when you're out and about or we're at my mum's house or if we're doing something at home I'll always say to her you know think about how much you're putting on your plate eat that first if you want more you can go back and you can get more but don't don't take it because you'll feel obliged to eat it then I say the same to my son my um with snacks and I always try and um help adults with this bit of advice so I think lots of us love to eat you know you switch off I'm going to watch a box set I'm going to sit and watch a film let's get the snacks I think lots of people do that and rather than having that big packet of crisps and just munching away put something into a bowl that you're happy to have that amount and take it away with you it takes a whole lot more effort to move off the settee to go into the kitchen to get some more than if it's just there and you just I mean I used to be terrible about eating in the car as well horrible habit to do really horrible and um it's this oh my gosh how did how did I eat all that when did that happen (laughs) it's mindless isn't it like you say it's that mindless eating and it's so easy to get into those habits and fall into that rut and not kind of stop and question what you're doing so just before we go um I know you've recently had an article published and again it fits in really well with what we do um so diet is a dirty word and that really you know you've touched on it already in terms of when you were talking about low-fat products and things like that we think we're choosing healthy things sometimes because the marketing strategies that big companies use so low fat no fat sugar free gluten free all of these kinds of options that actually when they take something out generally the manufacturers then put something else in either because they need to stabilize the product or because they've taken out what actually made it taste nice then they need to put something else in 
So those kind of, when we're in that diet mindset and we're not just eating mindfully, we try to make these big sweeping changes, don't we? One, massive changes are hard to maintain because we go through all those kind of those withdrawal things. So we get hungry, we get the brain fog, we confuse thirst with hunger, we get cravings, we have that mental block that we've told ourselves you can't have it, therefore we want it. And then we don't realise that something that's being marketed as healthy isn't necessarily, and it might have no fat in it, but what's the sugar content looking like? Or it might have something else removed, but what preservatives have they had to stick in it to give it that shelf life? What is your Kind of as a last thing, first of all, where can people find that article that you've written? So diet is a dirty word. Where's where's the best place for people to come and just kind of see a little bit more on, on what you've done and your kind of tips and things? Okay, the actual um, article was Mind Body Manifest. I can be found on my website, which is www.puddingandpie.org.uk. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, um, where I share lots of um, healthy tips and tricks to do with food. Um, so that's Pudding and Pie Limited on either Facebook or Instagram. I have a group in Facebook, um, which is like a very close community of people um, where I share lots of recipes and things like that. My ethos really, or my my main tips with the dieting is kind of what you were saying really Laura try fresh wherever possible um if you're buying a load of I'm trying to not mention any brands but if you if you're buying particular packaged goods a they're expensive and b as Laura quite rightly said there will be other things taken out of them and then put in to try and stabilize and kind of compensate for it so try fresh wherever you can and I know it sounds a bit boring, but organise a week in advance. So on a day that suits you, I do it on a Sunday, I plan, I go, okay, what are we doing next week? Right, Wednesday's tennis night. That's the activities, that's a really busy night. Okay, we're at home and I will literally go through, right, not necessarily to the detail, but right, we're going to have salmon that week, uh, day, chicken that day batch cook oh my gosh I can't speak highly enough of batch cooking if you're going to the effort of making a cottage pie do double so that when you can't be bothered or you're tired and you then know you're going to reach for the takeaway menu or eat that rubbish you've got something ready and you can ping it in the microwave and you're going to have that home cooked food um, and last of all Laura's just touched upon it but it's massive how much do you drink? Ask yourself, how much water do you drink? Um, get a nice big bottle, even if you're just starting off and going, okay, I'm going to do a, a litre a day. Start off small, but promise yourself, leave it by the tap and just keep refilling it. Um, because we do mistake and thirst for hunger a lot of the time. So there's just that's just a few little tips um, that I hope will really help. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Nikki. I think there's been loads of things in there, loads of takeaways that people can, you know, can listen to and, and start to implement to just, you know, be a little bit more mindful, be a little bit more healthy. So whether that's, you know, small changes within eating or whether it's getting out of bed and not snoozing through to kind of time blocking. So, you know what it is you want to achieve and you're just hitting those top three and not feeling overwhelmed. 
There's loads of great things that we've talked about today. Um, obviously, you've got your online courses as well as your in-person. So that means that anyone, anywhere can obviously come along, find out a little bit more and join you for some recipe inspiration, but also to learn a few new um, new skills, really, which is brilliant. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, we will be back next week with another episode. And obviously, if you've got any questions or anything that you want to ask Nikki about what she's up to, then go search her out on Instagram or Facebook, head over to the website, get yourself booked in for some lessons and let us know how you get on. And we'll see you again next time. If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com. Thank you.